Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 10th episode of the Sound of My Own Voice podcast. Yes, that is correct. We have managed to make it 10 weeks, lol. I think it's been more like 13. I am, as always, your host, Ian Barrage. And yeah, this is a, uh, a milestone, if you will, episode. Uh, albeit it is not going to be uh, particularly long or particularly involved. Uh, I wanted to make sure that I got it out actually on Tuesday, so I'm recording this on Tuesday night. Um, it is a little bit late in going up this week, but I didn't want to delay it uh, a few days like I did last week's. Um, and I really only have a, uh, a few topics to talk about. But before we jump into that, as always... If you uh, enjoy what you hear today, or if this is, uh, you know, the second or third time maybe that you've listened to the podcast, uh, please consider uh, subscribing uh, on your podcast platform of choice. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Um, Google Podcasts will one day return uh, my emails, and maybe, just maybe, we'll be on that one too. Uh, but it would mean the world to me if you could uh, hit the little subscribe and get notified of, uh, you know, when new episodes go live. Generally, they're supposed to be Tuesday mornings. Uh, but sometimes they're a little bit later. just kind of depends on what I'm doing at the time. You can also stay up to date with the podcast by following our various social media channels. Uh, Twitter is... S- at T-S-O-M-O-V podcast uh, and Facebook and Instagram are slash the sound of my own voice podcast. Uh, additionally, you can go to the sound of my own voice podcast.com and find all of our episodes there as well. Uh, so now that I've done all of the requisite call to actions, we can jump into today's podcast again. Like I said, not really going to be uh, too long or too involved of a podcast uh, especially coming off of two pretty lengthy and heady podcasts. I figure like this week um, should be uh, a little more uh, concise and a little uh, more chill, a little more uh, kind of me just giving you guys uh, some updates on things because uh, last week was a, uh, a pretty uh, important week in my life for a couple of different reasons, and uh, I do have some good, good news for, um, <clears throat> you know, myself and just a life update. Uh, last Monday, uh, so August tenth, uh, um, I actually, for uh, the first time since two thousand and ten, uh, every credit card that I owned was at a zero dollar balance. Um, for the first time in literally a decade. Now, uh, for those of you that know me, um, uh, and for those of you that don't. Uh, I uh, actually uh, picked up a new job um, two years ago, actually exactly 23 months to the day I started a new job on September 10th of 2018. Uh, And when I started that job, I had uh, basically been out of a job uh, for about six months. Um, Actually, I think September 10th. So actually a little bit longer than six months, seven months. Um, And uh, I... uh, was let go from my previous job on Valentine's Day, super, super cool, and uh, had been unemployed um, during all of that time. Uh, When I became unemployed, I had a good bit of debt um, already, but um, that seven months of time, I paid seven months of rent on a credit card uh, that I opened the day that I got let go, um, and had just some other things um, that basically... 
prevented me from changing any of the debt. I was essentially just paying uh, the interest and the minimum balance every single month for seven months. Uh, so I took a new job and moved halfway across the country from Atlanta to North Dakota uh, with $30,000 in credit card debt. Uh, and when I uh, finally got it all paid off, um, like I said, last Monday, first time, uh, everything said zero. And granted, um, I probably could have actually paid it all off a little bit earlier, um, but anytime I was getting like larger bonuses and things, I would pay some off, but then also uh, kind of reward myself because um, until the pandemic hit, um, I was like, hey, I'm in pretty good position. Everything's pretty good here. Cost of living's pretty low. Like I can afford to, you know, once I got out of, you know, 30,000 down to like, you know, you know 10 to 5,000, it wasn't really as dire. It wasn't really as um, crazy for me to like need to pay everything off right then. I wasn't paying I think the highest I ever paid in a minimum balance uh, on a credit card. I think one of my cards had a 650 minimum balance with over 500 bucks in uh, interest in one month. So that was pretty sick. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I finished paying all of that off and that's uh, a really awesome moment for me. I finished paying off my student loans um, about a year ago. Uh, so the only debt to my name is my car uh, insurance right now. Um, and of course, uh, the other uh, charges that made their way onto my credit card in the last week, um, which actually, because so many things um, that I was pre-ordering came up uh, in the last week, it was funny. I, I think the total time for not having anything on the credit card was about six hours um, because I don't use my debit card online. Um, I figure if something gets compromised, then I, you know, someone's going to be fighting for their money to be back, not me trying to fight the bank to get my money back. Uh, so I generally always shop with credit cards instead of debit cards online. So I, uh, I had to um, add a couple things to there, but everything is still good. Everything's under control, and uh, yeah, that was that was kind of a, a great way to start the week, um, and it was really awesome that it was like literally 23 months to the day. Um, so I like when things line up like that. I'm very big on like dates and, and things lining up and sort of like having that consistency and just I, I, I like having like those milestones. Um, and another milestone that happened to me last week um, was my four-year anniversary um, with my wife, uh, Emily. And uh, we celebrated the only way that you can in quarantine uh, by staying at home and doing um, – not a whole lot of anything, uh, but it was a good time just kind of hanging out together uh, and just spending the day um, kind of, you know, just relaxing and, and being with each other and just kind of, you know, loving each other. We uh, we did play um, <coughs> Wadham uh, Co-op on, uh, on PS4. Uh, shout out to James uh, for now having heard that I actually played a PS4 game and it not being Ghost of Tsushima or Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, or Persona. Uh, but yeah, we played that for about uh, three, four hours, I think. It It is uh, uh, Keita Takahashi's uh, new game that was released um, uh, some point last year, but we were actually waiting on the physical copy because it's been a game that Emily really, really uh, wanted for a very long time. Um, I've 
gone to a couple of different PAXs and got him to sign uh, shirts for her, or draw things for her. Um, Keita Takahashi, for those of you that don't know, uh, is the lead designer and creator of the Katamari Damacy uh, series, and Wadham is his new game. And so uh, the physical copy didn't come out, I think, until like March. We got it in. Uh, and we'd just been waiting for a, a good time to play it, and what better time than the anniversary? So we played it for a good while. It's very, uh, uh, as you would expect from someone who created Katamari Damacy, it's very weird. Um, it's very hectic, actually. There's so many different villagers, or I guess uh, townspeople or friends or whatever they call them in this game, on the screen at one time, and you're, you're constantly moving, constantly doing stuff. Uh, but it was a lot of fun, um, and we, we played that for a while. Um, we like to follow the... Uh, um, hopefully some other people know what this is. I've told like three or four people now uh, about this, and no one seems to know what the fuck I'm talking about. So um, we have like, uh, you know, there's like gifts you're supposed to give, or like themes of gifts that you're supposed to give on like each anniversary. And like your one year anniversary is your paper anniversary and your two year anniversary is your cotton anniversary. Um, and it like originally started at like 5, 10, 15 and it was just supposed to be mostly like in terms of like jewelry and it kind of like upgraded each each year. You got like, you know, wooden jewelry and then it was like iron jewelry or something and then it moved up to like gemstones after you got to like 10 and 15, like different gemstones and stuff. Um, but since then, uh, they've kind of filled out all of the years in between. And so, like, for instance, like I said, you know, your one year anniversary is your paper anniversary. And so uh, that year, um, Emily got me a entire booster set of Pokemon cards and I got her tickets to um, a band that she likes. It's either Snow Patrol or Alt-J. I don't actually remember. I think it, it must have been Alt-J because Snow Patrol didn't tour until this year. Yeah, it, it had to have been Alt-J. Um and then uh, uh, the second year was uh, Cotton Anniversary, and that was actually, uh, I said I moved across the country on September 10th, uh, that August 13th, which is our vert anniversary. And yes, um, before anyone, uh, I don't know if anyone would actually know, but uh, I think it's fucking hilarious. Um, that is also uh, Edward and Bella's anniversary from Twilight. Um, that was 100% not intentional, and in fact, even though Emily had already read the books, it wasn't until she was forcing me to watch the movies that they said something or there was like stationary in the movie. And I was like, does that fucking say August 13th? Um, and we have uh, endlessly died laughing about that ever since. Um, but uh, yeah, year two was the year like we were super fucking in debt. Um, but we got a reload budget um, for the company that I'm employed with. And we... Uh, um, used part of that to purchase a new uh, bed, and with that we also purchased uh, new bed sheets and everything, so we considered that our anniversary present to ourselves to uh, work with the cotton uh, theme. Uh, for year three, it was leather, and uh, she got me a nice uh, personalized leather portfolio like for work, um, and I got her uh, a pair of Vans um, that had uh, uh, leather striping on them um, that she really wanted. And then this year uh, was uh, Fruits and Flowers, which uh, I think is kind of fucking lame in terms of uh, the, the build up to year five. I don't know why Fruits and Flowers were was year four, um, but we uh, we both kind of 
slightly cheated a little bit in terms of, of making that work. Um, she got me a, a chapstick and a little custom pin off of Etsy. Um, that is the uh, Palpu fruit from Kingdom Hearts, uh, which is pretty fucking awesome. Um, and I got her in anticipation for the uh, new Twilight book, ironically, that came out. Uh, I got her a collector set of the old Twilight books, and on the front of the uh, Twilight, specifically the first book, uh, is an apple. So I'm counting that as a fruit. Don't fucking care. It's close enough. Uh, next year is, um, fuck, I don't remember what next year is. Let's check on the internet. Five-year anniversary gift. It is wood. Okay, I was right that it was wood. Uh, so it is uh, wood next year. Interesting. I should actually start thinking about things now so that I have something uh, good to actually give next year. Um, but yeah, that's kind of uh, my life updates. I did some um, other stuff last week. Uh, I obviously released the podcast a little bit late last week um, and had a really good time recording and sort of reminiscing about my car. Um, been in uh, better spirits and a better mood um, the past uh, week or so. I feel like there was something else that happened last week that was important, um, either like job-wise or uh life wise but i don't recall now what it was um so we're just gonna pretend like those were the two main things and that's all i was gonna talk about um really the only other topic that i had uh to, to discuss today um and it actually happened uh yesterday which is why i wanted to talk about it on the podcast um is uh kind of i guess follow-up news um to uh general marbles um leaving youtube uh, which is that uh, the Jenna and Julian podcast um, released a uh, six and a half minute, seven minute, quote unquote, episode yesterday entitled The Final Episode. Uh, I say quote unquote because obviously their podcasts were, you know, um, generally, I think, like between an hour and two hours long. They had full video always on YouTube um, as well as being released elsewhere. Uh, and they, uh, in this one, it was just a, a blank screen with their logo, and it had, um, it was just Jenna and Julian talking. Uh, this is actually the first time that we've um, basically seen anything from Jenna since um, she said she was leaving the platform. Um, and the platform being the internet, really. She didn't just leave YouTube. She kind of just totally uh, erased herself from the internet in terms of uh, not using any social media, not doing anything. Um but the reason I wanted to talk about it um, is actually kind of interesting because uh, I actually feel somewhat, though my audience is not uh, nearly big enough, as Transistor uh, tells me that they anticipate I have uh, zero subscribers. Um, clearly, my audience is, is, is not big enough for it to probably really, you know, in any way uh, affect General Marbles whatsoever. Um, but I think it's really interesting that, like, in an attempt to remove yourself from the internet and in an attempt to sort of distance yourself from everything that you've spent the last decade of your life creating and uh, propping up as a platform for you to uh, not only sustain yourself but also just like where you exist in the in the public eye uh, to remove yourself from that and then have a billion and one people comment on why you're leaving and conjecturing about <clears throat> you know things that could 
um, you know, or, or reasons that you left or things that could be different or, or why it was stupid that you left or why it was a good thing that you left or you should apologize or shouldn't apologize and just all of this commentary around your exit, I've always kind of found ironic, particularly in Jenna's case where she was kind of like, I'm tired of fucking, I'm tired of everything. I'm tired of like, uh, uh, you know, people talking about me or having a reason to potentially talk about me or me potentially creating something that hurts somebody. Like, I don't want anyone to ever feel, you know, she said in her first video, she didn't want anyone to ever feel like she, um, you know, put them down or made fun of them or made a joke at their expense or hurt anybody or anything. And like, you could really see that it was so very, very, very genuine. And the fact that it's been over a month, I think maybe a month and a half, almost two months now since that happened. Um, and this is the first time that she's come back and actually said anything or appeared on anything. Um, I think is really uh, important to recognize. Um, but kind of, as I was saying, like from a from a creation standpoint, it almost feels uh, somewhat wrong. Not not necessarily wrong, I guess isn't the right word, but it just feels weird for me to even comment about it because on the off chance that like this somehow fell into her lap if she was listening to it it makes me feel like it, it almost makes me feel like part of the problem kind of um which is in turn uh, further ironic because that's kind of the reason i wanted to talk about it because i think that she she in particular has taken her sort of step back from the limelight and sort of her step back away from the internet uh in a way that a lot of people don't um a lot of people kind of use these moments as like marketing moments or especially like if someone's like embroiled in controversy, like, you know, I'll use um, Dr. Disrespect uh, as a uh, good example, though. There are plenty of people who, um, you know, have done similar things. Um, but Dr. Disrespect, uh, you know, was in a cheating scandal with his wife. He said, hey, I'm, you know. Uh, yes, I cheated on my wife. This is something we're taking care of, you know, personally and privately. Um, and I'm stepping away from streaming. And I think he was gone like a month. Maybe it was two months. I honestly don't remember like how long he was gone. But it wasn't like he was gone for six months. It wasn't like he was gone for a year, right? He was gone for a couple of months. And then his return stream was like the biggest stream record numbers he had ever seen ever, right? Uh, and, and there's something to be say said about like, you know, distance makes the heart grow fonder, right? So like, because, you know, everyone who watched him couldn't watch him every single day, him coming back, of course, naturally led to that. But you've seen more and more and more creators sort of use either controversy that forces them to step out of the limelight or stepping out of the limelight as like, hey, I'm uh, on a, you know, I just want to take a mental break. I just want to take some time off, whatever. You know, we saw PewDiePie do that as well. Um, where, you know, they, they use it as probably as a legitimate way to sort of step away from things. But it, it always seems like that return is hyper publicized, hyper like, um, you know, marketed. This is my return. I'm coming back. We're doing this. We're doing that. Um, and it really seems to, you know, generate and drum up interest. And, you know, uh, Julian has been doing the podcast by himself the last several weeks. Uh, he also changed their Twitch channel, which was Jenna and Julian, to just Julian um, for the Twitch channel. So he's like removing her name from branding. He's um, separating 
uh, not really separating himself from her, but just sort of taking her context away from the content that he's creating. Like, obviously, he still has his YouTube channel, and, and you know, so now that he's still doing the Twitch stuff, like, he, he you know, removed her. And, and instead of, like, like, I can imagine someone else saying, like, I've been gone for a month and a half, um, and even if they were going to stay gone, they do this big thing, like, tomorrow, uh, you know, Jenna comes back and talks one final time on the podcast. Be there for the final Jenna and Julian podcast uh, where we talk about, you know, why she's leaving and go in depth and, like, do all this stuff and answer all these questions and blah, 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 and, like, really make this big push, which in turn, you know, being a podcast, it's a little bit different, right? Like, they're not getting, like, donations or subscriptions off of the podcast in terms of, like, subscriptions to Twitch or YouTube or whatever. Um, but they could, you know, they could have done it live on Twitch. They could have said like, Hey, you know, we're going to do this live on Twitch and then put it up on YouTube and then got a shitload of donations, a shitload of subscriptions, like made a f absolute fuckload of money just from Jenna being on screen for a little bit. Uh, and instead they like stealth dropped. I actually don't know what their release schedule is. So maybe it was at the normally scheduled time for the uh, podcast, but it kind of felt like stealth dropped this like seven minute clip of them just kind of talking about, you know, thank you for six years of amazing podcasts. Um, you know, this is it. This is the final episode. We're closing up shop. Um, and I just, it, it really, one, validates to me that she made that decision because she needed to, like, step away. And, like, something, like, snapped and something, like, just, like, she got to a point where she was just, like, you know, like, this is what I need to do and made that decision and just, like, sort of scorched earth like i'm done like we'll figure it out if something happens in the future but like i'm done now um and she also mentions in the uh in the podcast um she specifically says you know i'm getting help right and that again sort of further um solidified in my mind that you know uh what i think a lot of you know youtube personalities and i think a lot of content creators who have you know, started in their early 20s, late teens on these platforms and have been on these platforms for a decade now um, and are now in early to mid 30s. And, you know, I, I feel like I feel like we're about to see, you know, and not even about to see, but we have been seeing, you know, a really big uh, burnout. Right. Like if you think about the amount of content that a, that a YouTube creator or a Twitch streamer or, or any sort of what I would, I guess, r loosely call new media content creator. If you think about the amount of content they're pushing out, like think about an actor that you that you love or that's like pretty prolific, right? You know, maybe they come out with a couple movies a year or maybe they're in a television series that, you know, films, uh, you know, a 26-episode season from, you know, 13 episodes in the fall, 13 episodes in the spring. And even if it's a drama and it's, you know, an hour long, and they have to, you know, shoot for two or three days each week to, to make the episode happen. Like, you're only at the end of the day consuming, you know, 26, 45-minute episodes. Uh, a Twitch streamer could beat that, that runtime in a week, you know? A Twitch streamer, uh, you know, a Twitch streamer grinding could beat that in a couple days, maybe. And, 
it's not necessarily the same for YouTubers, uh, just simply because, you know, they aren't necessarily putting out 45 minutes worth of content every single week. Um, but from a editing perspective, from a uh, production perspective, from all of that, you know, you do have a lot of these content creators who not only does it take them the three to four hours to record a video, it then also takes them all of the time that the production crew would take to edit that episode of television. It takes them, you know, all of that time to edit their own work to make it into this, you know, 10 to 15 minute video that you see every week. Um, and then, of course, people like, you know, PewDiePie, right? He puts out a video every fucking day and he, you know, has a team of editors now that edit his stuff um, that he's paying and employing. And, you know, that's that's honestly great to see. Like, I, I love any time you hear about, like, big content creators. Mr. Beast has plenty of editors as well, like, employing different editors because it's like, that's that's awesome. I'm sure it takes a load off of the content creator um, so that they can focus on making better content. And then it's, you know, gainfully employing someone else to do something that they like to do, which is, you know, edit video. And it obviously, depending on the uh, sort of clout that the uh, and stardom that the YouTube person has, you know, I'm sure if, you know, it's a really nicely edited video, you could you easily use that in a uh, in a reel or a resume uh, to get, you know, different work if you wanted to branch out into movies or television. Um, but like, you know, we it's i think it's really undervalued and underappreciated just how much content a lot of these you know uh we have kids now especially with games like fortnite and fall guys and minecraft you know popping and having popped off uh we have you know kids as young as you know fucking like 12 um and you know generally probably a little bit older most of the most of the like kids quote unquote grinding are going to be, you know, maybe 15, 16, um, you know, uh, high sky notorious example. He started streaming, I think when he was like 10 or 11. Um, and you know, it's like, but you have all these, you know, kids that are grinding and they're putting in 10, 12 hours a day. Sometimes and you have these, uh, you know, early 20 year olds and, and, you know, uh, late teens growing up on these platforms and continuously churning out content, 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 content. And their whole life is centered around creating and delivering and developing and putting out content, right? And I, I think it's, again, like I said, it's really undervalued just how much of a toll that takes. Like, I tried to make, uh, in 2018, um, uh, hilariously one of the worst years of my life um, you know I started that year and decided I was going to make a vlog every day um, and I roughly actualized that goal uh, there were plenty of days where I sat down in front of a webcam at 11.58 and recorded something and uploaded it right um, and that's not really you know entertainment that's not really content so to speak uh, you know and I you know, kept getting more and more like, you know, bogged down and like, fuck, I don't want to record a vlog today. I guess I'm just going to turn on my phone for a couple of minutes and talk to it and then send it over and just throw it on YouTube. Like I won't even fucking edit it. I'll just throw it on there. Like there were, you know, w when you sign sort of that unspoken contract between you and your audience or even that spoken contract, right? I said, I'm going to vlog every single day. And so I felt, you know, a certain level of 
um, requirement to be able to do that. And so when you tell your audience, right, hey, I'm going to release a video every Wednesday, or I'm going to release a podcast every Tuesday morning, right? There's a certain um, pressure to, even if you don't fucking want to, you still have to, right? Because it's, again, it's sort of that unspoken, like, social contract of, like, your audience comes to you expecting this. You have said you're going to deliver a service to them on a specific day, and so, you know, you, you, you do that. Um, and like I said, you know, uh, a Twitch person could eke out, you know, a whole traditional season's worth of content from a television show perspective in a few days. Um, and that's why a lot of, uh, you'll see a lot of Twitch streamers, you know, burn out quick, or you'll see, uh, you know, the famous example of Ninja going to E3 to participate in a million dollar charity tournament lost him 45,000 subscribers or something fucking ridiculous on Twitch because he didn't stream for three days. Um, and it really just showcases the sort of ephemeral nature of uh, modern day content consumption, right? And how do you retain viewership? How do you make sure that your fans come back back every day? How do you, you know, compete for people's eyeballs and compete for people's, you know, ears and just their, their time, right? Um, you know, even now I've seen my sort of content consumption on YouTube, you know, shift over time and I'll find, you know, certain YouTube channels that I used to watch all the time. I don't ever watch anymore. And it's like, you know, why did I quit watching them? You know, or why did I move to this sort of content? I try to, you know, sort of analyze, you know, what about this other content makes it, you know, either easier to digest or makes me want to digest it more now. And, you know, tastes evolve over time and everything, but to sort of, I guess, uh, wrap everything back around since I feel like I've, I've strayed from the path a little bit from the initial point. It's just like, I think that, you know, Jenna stepping away and, and, and everything that she's done currently really all adds up to, to there having been, um, you know, some underlying reasons outside of possibly just the, uh, um, sort of hot water she found herself in towards the end uh and i'm and i'm one i'm really glad that it's genuine because i've always thought that she was a very genuine person and a very you know forward and upfront person and i think every action that she's taken up until now including the podcast um has only gone on to show that it's more and more genuine uh and while i'm very sad because it it really does feel like there's this large section of 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 the internet that is like gone it's like a void where she's not there right and because she was such a prolific content creator and you have you know you could have bigger um content creators especially if they're like in a group setting right um we've seen some other notable departures uh within the last couple of months from like you know a uh, big company rooster teeth right fucking the one of the biggest dudes in rooster teeth the one of the six founders of rooster teeth and who i think people really associate with rooster teeth as being like mr teeth as it were you know bernie burns fucking left the company is like moving out of the country and it's like living in japan and you know he said he'd been planning it for a while and it's like he spent 15 years creating a media empire and even watching that you know, sort of persons take a step back, someone who, you know, I've been watching for 15 years almost feels less impactful than this because he, he created an entire company and there's 300 people at his company now and there's 
still obviously these other members of Rooster Teeth that are still there. And there's these other branches and other, you know, groups and everything. But like when someone like, you know, General Marbles just says like, I'm calling it quits. It's, it's over with it. It really feels like the end of an era. And it really feels like, you know, uh, you're, 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 you know, you're losing someone who you've, you know, watched grow and watched, you know, prosper and flourish and, whose life you've been a um, sort of weird part of in terms of, you know, the the camera being a window into these content creators' life. And, you know, Jenna um, was, I'd say, you know, slightly above averagely open about things. You know, she really didn't get into a whole lot of stuff. But, like, just through her content, you naturally saw, like, when she was moving or like, you know, ages ago when she broke up with her boyfriend and like, you know, started dating Julian and like all this other stuff. Like you see these people's lives through the lens of their content creation and then you, you know, know them as far as someone can know somebody in, a, in sort of a, a one way relationship. But then it's like it's gone. Right. It's like you don't know what that person's doing anymore. You don't know what uh, you know, what what what's happening in their life or how they're coping or what's going on and it, it really feels almost like a in a weird way it's kind of like the friend you had at any point in school that like was there for a couple years maybe and then moved to fucking like Idaho to live with his mom because his parents were divorced and you never spoke to him again and every so often you think like what happened to fucking Sterling you know what's going on with that dude and it's like that's where I feel like we'll start getting with some of these content creators where they'll just you know, they'll retire on all the fucking incredible amount of money they've acquired over the last decade of creating content on different platforms. And like, you know, maybe some of them will stay active on social media, but I I have a sneaking suspicion that we'll see more and more people who were big in the limelight just sort of, you know, fade out. They'll just be like, hey, guys, like I'm not coming back. Like, this is going to be my last episode. Deuces. And I think we'll see different personalities handle that differently some might build it up hey one last final stream blah 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 one last final video um but i do think we'll see people who will just say like hey like i'm, I'm calling it quits or we'll see people say i'm you know i'm taking a month off and then you know at the end of that month they go actually you know what like this has been really like rewarding and refreshing like i'm gonna go do something else i'm gonna go you know maybe create content a different way or i'm gonna go write a book or play in a band or like, you know, just do something where I don't have, you know, a, a million eyes watching me every day. Uh, and, and so I don't really have a good way of, of closing this, uh, uh, segment. I, it's just something that I think needed to be talked about and should be talked about more. I think we should really consider how people in the content creation landscape are being shaped by this landscape and by these media platforms, you know, what it's doing to people's psyche, what it's doing to like, and obviously from a cons consumption standpoint, we have a lot of data and a lot of people really, really worried about, you know, kids watching too much YouTube or what the fuck, you know, kids will do fucking anything for, you know, a, a TikTok video to go viral or whatever. And, you know, certain kids, you know, doing stupid shit like, the guy on YouTube who whose girlfriend fucking killed him because he bought a Desert Eagle gun and fucking, you know, put a book in front of him and was like, pull the trigger, the book will stop this bullet. Like, you know, just like dumb shit like that, you know, where 
we're watching the effects of people trying to get this uh, fame because they see these these really large influencers and content creators already having that fame. But I also think we should really look at you know what an extended period of subjection to the limelight in new media does to people, right? You know, we've known for years if you become a child actor, you kind of, you know, or a child musician, you grow up to be a total fucking piece of shit most of the time, right? Because like they, you know, you just you develop differently because you're you're a fucking star, right? And I think, you know, there's not really a whole lot of, you know, 4-year-old TikTokers getting big on Nickelodeon and then blowing up, right? Uh, but I, I think more and more we really need to, I don't know. I just feel like we should look and look at, you know, people's well-being and, and think like, is this a sustainable method of consumption, right? Do we want people to have their job be 12 hour days on Twitch, uh, making sure that they're posting some witty clip on Instagram or witty clip on TikTok or whatever, you know? uh to to maintain relevance like i don't know it's a it's a it's a weird place for media to be it's a weird place for consumption and content creation to be um and a lot of people have made their whole fucking livelihoods off of it and i don't think a lot of those people would trade anything for the world uh but i wonder if we're nearing an inflection point where like you know the propensity for people just imploding is gonna you know really skyrocket especially with you know quarantine and everything so uh, maybe a little bit of a downer to end the episode on. It wasn't supposed to be so dour and so somber, um, but it was, uh, you know, it's just kind of my thoughts, um, kind of what's been, you know, uh, in my brain recently uh, over the last, you know, day, day and a half. Um, but uh, I, it, despite that fact, I am, you know, like I said, I am in a great mood. And uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed this podcast. If you have liked what you heard, I would like to hear more. Again, it would mean the world to me. Uh, hit subscribe on whatever platform you happen to be uh, listening on. Uh, if you're listening on uh, Apple or, or on the website or anything, you know, drop a comment, leave a review. The algorithm loves those things. You know, the more engagement we get, the more, uh, you know, uh, higher up in the search index I go, you know, I'll be instead of, you know, in the bottom 10 million podcasts, I might, you know, make it to the bottom 9 million. Uh, so, uh, you know, like I said, it would, it would mean the world to me and, uh, greatly appreciate it if you do, if you don't, that's also fine too. Um, I just like, uh, talking to myself, which is why, uh, the podcast is the sound of my own voice. Uh, you could follow us at, uh, TSOMOV podcast on Twitter, the sound of my own voice podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and that's going to be it for today. I will see everyone next week. Thank you so much for listening and have a great week.